welcome to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. I'm on the mic with my brother Sven and our cousin Kile. In honor of the NFL's 100th season, kicking off this Thursday with a classic Packers-Bears matchup, today we're here to talk football. Anything and everything. Bold predictions, ADP shifts because of roster cuts, new homes, division winners, does team success translate to fantasy success? And can you find fantasy performers on bottom-of-the-barrel teams? And some late tight end sleepers to target near the end of your draft. Before we jump in, you can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes and now on iHeartRadio. Damian Williams, his ADP was at the end of the second, early third, until the third preseason game when he had that ridiculous long catch and run for a touchdown. It jumped up after that mid-second. Now, Andy Reid reunites with LaShawn McCoy. We've seen his ADP fall in recent days. Does the addition of McCoy hurt Damien's fantasy value? And is he a bargain where you can get him now, maybe mid-third or even later? What do you guys think? Um, okay, so I'll start with this first. First of all, just 100 years of the NFL? Amazing. Just to piggyback, yeah, just to piggyback <laughs> on 100 years. Amazing. Uh, also, also, I like to think of fantasy football and football season in sleeps. So, like, it's three more sleeps until uh, until the kickoff. So, it's now Monday oh. night. So, Tuesday, Wednesday. Three and, oh, more sleeps. Yeah. Unless so you're sleep. before it's like, Christmas. It's like Christmas, right. It's like Unless Christmas. you're staying awake for the next. <laughs> Which I've done before, but I don't plan on doing this week. Um, Very excited Tennessee, for Thursday. Not that three much. more sleeps. So, so, anyway, getting back to Damian Williams. I have struggled mightily with this enigma, this problem, since they signed LaShawn McCoy. And... I had to go back over LaShawn McCoy's stats from last year. If you look at 3.2 yards per carry, his worst season to date, he's 30, what, 31, 32 years old at this point. Uh, he is old and fragile, but he does, he does now, you know, uh, he is running under an Andy Reid-based offense yet again, uh, where we saw he, he had great success back in Philly. However, this isn't the same LaShawn McCoy. And Andy Reid coming out and saying that they were going to split carries on a weekly basis is – gross negligence in my, in my mind Bonkers. because it's not true okay it's it's not true they are not going to split times they could have traded for LaShawn McCoy okay they could have signed him to a greater deal than they did LaShawn McCoy was cut from the freaking bills for god's sakes okay this this isn't a team that was struggling with you know figuring out who to who to start a running back they have a lot of guys they aren't sure about in Buffalo and yet LaShawn McCoy was not wanted in Buffalo wasn't he, he was, like listed as the starter yeah, too like exactly <laughs> he was so bad in Buffalo the last year or two that they did not want him. And yet all of a sudden now he goes to the best offense in football. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to start him right from day one. Like, no, no, you're they're not, not, they're no, not going to do that. Okay. And I am, I am willing to bet the farm on that. Okay. He is not going to be their running back one. They are not going to split carries. Damian Williams is going to see 65, 75% of the carries. Uh, you're going to have him mixed in there. You're going to have Darwin Alexander mixed in. But for the most part, do not panic when it comes to Damian Williams. I, I'm trying my best to keep my composure, but at the same time, it can be problematic given the fact that LaShawn McCoy and Andy Reid have played together and have done well together in the past. But LaShawn McCoy is one more injury away from retirement. Exactly. So, yeah, so I'm, I can't look into it too much. Let his ADP rise, let Damian Williams fall, and I will take Damian Williams in that early third. I took him in the third, early yeah. third this morning. In, in best offense in football. Now, LaShawn McCoy, like you said, he's played with Andy Reid. He's had success with Andy Reid. I think this, from a football perspective, I actually think it was a good signing. Fantasy, not so much. Now, Chiefs, they go to the playoffs. 
he has that experience. LaShawn McCoy has played with Andy Reid. He's been in the playoffs with him. So I think from that from that point of view, it's definitely very good, but I don't I don't see it taking an effect on his touches at all. It better not. Because then that's like you said, negligence. <laughs> Gross negligence. It's ridiculous. Well, I see it actually hurting a little bit though early on is Darwin Thompson. Rookie who was apparently going to be the backup was getting goal line work, potential third down work. I think a lot of that now is going to go to LaShawn McCoy early in the season, at least. Like you said, they're going to run him into the ground on a few touches here and there. Maybe he gets hurt. I don't know. But I think long term, it's still Darwin Thompson who I think emerges as the running back of the future. Maybe even in the second half of the season, honestly, because Damian Williams still at the end of the day, we've only seen him do it for what? Small sample size. Exactly. When he was on the Dolphins as a backup for five years, could never do anything. So it's very interesting. The offense obviously can support high RB1 production. It's so adding depth. That's what you need. Right. You can never have enough depth in the NFL, as we've seen. It's a good football move for sure. Yeah, he's, definitely he's a good, a good football, football player. Right? He has experience. He, he can help Andy Reid out in the locker room. So I think it's, uh, it's big time. And, and sticking with that, that player, LaShawn McCoy, here are a couple addition by subtraction situations. Because like you said, Kyle – LaShawn McCoy cut from the Bills creates opportunity for Devin Singletary, Frank Gore, Yeldon, no doubt about it. But is Devin Singletary going to start the season out as the bell cow or is he going to split time? Yeldon's going to be the third down back and uh, this is eventually going to carry the load. They said uh, they wanted to give him the full share right? I, or majority. I, what's crazy is they cut McCoy and I'm more confused now than I was before. Because once a coach opens their mouth, once a coach has the audacity to talk about who sh- you know, who's going to play and who's not going to play, it destroys ADP. It's like, it's like a CEO of a company coming out and just say, and speaking nonsense and watching that stock price. Either right, buy, exactly. It's like crazy. Which we know are false. Okay? <laughs> that being said, Devin Singletary has flown up draft boards for good reason. Um, he is the rookie. He is the newcomer. He has probably the most talent, not talent, but talent left in him um, out of the three running backs. But when it comes to Buffalo now, given the fact that Devin Singletary is going to fly even more up draft boards, I'm probably going to go once again with the last available running back from the team. TJ Yeldon. I'm probably going to be taking a lot of shares of either Frank Gore or TJ Yeldon. Um, I love Devin Singletary, but we're talking seventh round, maybe even sixth round of some drafts now ADP wise. A little too rich for my blood, especially if it's a three man uh, running back by committee. I don't love those. Um, I love when coaches come out with confidence saying that this player is going to be their starter and it's Sean McDermott just did not do that. So I'm probably going to go TJ Yeldon or Frank Gore, given the fact that they're free uh, or they're going to be very, very late. Basically like Devin Singletary. I think Devin Singletary is the running back of the future on a team that loves to run the ball. But right now in this moment, fantasy, you know, season right around the corner. I can't. We saw what happened last year in Miami with Frank Gore. Obviously the situation is completely different in Buffalo Frank Gore can't – he doesn't catch at all from the backfield whatsoever. So, you know, TJ Yeldon's going to be that guy, which we saw last year. He was top 10 running back when Fournette was out. I'm all in on Yeldon, and we st- I still – I'm still all in. This makes me like him more because of that. Now, Singletary, I could see Singletary and Gore splitting first couple games you, just to get their feet wet, see how, see how old Frank Gore really is in a, in a live-action game. TJ Yeldon, that's my dude. Where where he's going is based on his ADP and if if he even free. has an ADP. <laughs> Two hundred plus. 
it makes me happy that I've had a few drafts already and I was able to proactively draft Devin Singletary because he was going in the double digit rounds Same. with upside to be a running back one, right? We didn't know the situation, but sometimes like we always talk about, you gotta, gotta throw that dart, right? Take See that where chance, exactly. uh, once he got cut, you look like a genius. You're like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you feel very good about the situation because he could be the running back one. Wait, right? Who also, who also called in like what February that was Sean McCoy was going to get cut. You I said it like in March. I said it in February or March <laughs> or whatever month you want to call it. I said there's no way they're going to keep that cap casualty, that salary cap just demagogue um, when they could get rid of that with their nice, – Nice Stranger Things reference. Four, <laughs> thank you. Um, with their four running backs they have available basically. Like there's no way they're going to keep the most expensive among them who's the oldest. Well, the exactly, who really didn't really add much more than what Frank no. Gore, Devin Singletary, yeah. and Yeldon all together could – that's what well, they have a six million dollar cap savings. So well and TJ Yeldon was couple, about a month ago. We we talked about that he was even on the yeah. the chopping block that he was going to get cut. It was like really. really? And Frank looks pretty good last year in limited time. Like he was actually really like the starting running back on that team. I think he averaged almost four point five yards per carry. He runs. He's a tough dude. He's, he's been in the NFL. F- it feels like he's been in the NFL for God knows how long. He's going to be battling with his son next year probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable how long he's been able to do this. And like how Griffey, well. Griffey and Griffey Jr. And he's obviously a better locker room guy than LaShawn McCoy. Clearly. Let's be honest. So I think their culture's changing in Buffalo. Sean McDermott's building it in his own mold as he has. They made the playoffs and he cut half the team. So it, was, it's another was situation. Odd. Was odd. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. Jarek McKinnon was sent to the IR. Wow. Situation, Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman. Coleman is going in the sixth, you know, give or take a few picks. Matt Breida in the eighth in PPR, mind you. Who are you guys taking? Based on that, I would definitely have to go Matt Breida. I think that he is going to get a lot of shares of that backfield. Jarek McKinnon, never been a fan. If you listen to the show, do not like him. I don't think you guys like him at all. He's never shown us anything, clearly. The guy's always – he's hurt. This is It's unfortunate because we're not seeing what he can do this – Freak athlete that everybody's talking about, you know, the next Adrian Peterson, blah, blah, blah. But Matt Breda, his his ADP has skyrocketed since they since they put McKinnon on the IR. If I were to choose two, I think Breda could could end up being the better guy towards the end of the season. Uh, I have shares of both, actually, because I got on that Breda bandwagon a little bit before um, McKinnon was put on IR before we he was going in like there. double digits. Yeah. He was basically free. Exactly. Um, and we, we all kind of had the inkling that McKinnon could start the year on IR given the fact that he's, his rehab was not going according, according to plan, but I still do like Tevin Coleman. I, I'm, I almost said the word love because in the sixth or seventh round, Kyle Shanahan offense, we've seen him and Te- him and Tevin Coleman do a he's really exactly. good job together. Tevin Coleman can catch the ball too. So as much as Matt Breda has a role as a third down back, Ted and Coleman can catch the ball. And we saw that when he played with Atlanta under Kyle Shanahan. So I'm trying my best to see how Matt Breda fits into that offense. And I think he could have, whether it's, you know, seven to 10 rushing attempts per game, three to four receptions a game, he'll have standalone value in his own right. But that being said, I think Tevin Coleman for the first time in his career is the featured back in an offense. And I don't think that's going to change. Could it, could it be the same situation where Shanahan will probably want to bring it like from Atlanta 
and kind of um, maybe a Devonta. Tevin Coleman kind of. Right, Tevin yeah. Coleman, but like instead of Devonta, he's got Matt Breda. So it's, it's possible. Um, it's I think it's I think it's possible, but I think Breda is more of that receiving down back. He's not a big guy who can run through the tackles. Um, he's there's nothing to Matt Breda. He's as big as I am. And I don't play football for a reason. You're tiny. So, thank you. So <laughs> nothing, nothing, more, nothing more emasculating than someone telling you you're tiny. But I do like Tevin Coleman. I like the sixth round value personally. So I'm willing to take that, especially because in that scenario, he would most likely be my running back three. I think regardless of size that it's going to go back to the Falcon situation where Tevin Coleman is going to take a back seat, be more of a third down back. I believe, to Matt Burita, who proved last year that he plays hurt and can run between the tackles. And if you can get him two rounds later, I think it's going to be his offense, which I don't think a lot of people necessarily realize yet. So I'm, I'm Matt Burita all day, every day. Tevin Coleman, mind you, he's got speed. He's been hurt and he's missed games every year he's played in the NFL. So The Indianapolis Colts were obviously still, still mourning the retirement of, of Andrew Luck. Many had them peg to be a Super Bowl contender this year. Incredible offensive line, good defense. GM's made a bunch of great moves. I know I wasn't the only one that was incredibly high on Marlon Mack this year. I mean, he's going to catch more passes, I thought. It could still be the case, too, with Andrew Luck retired. Jacoby Brissett at the helm. We've seen Mack's ADP fall from the mid-third before Luck retired to now about the end of the fourth i've seen him go late as early in the fifth is he a is he a bargain right now i think he's a yeah. bargain as a bell cow <laughs> we'll see we'll we'll see how good he really is and this is the season that we'll find out is what i think that offensive line is bar none i mean you, you can arguably say it's probably the best offensive line in the game marlon mack jo- jacoby Brissett. but here's here's also the other thing too that a lot of people aren't realizing the Colts. Andrew Luck has not practiced. Like, he never practiced with them at all this entire offseason. So it was Brissett who's been working with the team, T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, Eric Ebron. So he's building up that rapport without even knowing that that's what he was meant to do, at, you know, with Luck retiring now. So I definitely think it's a bargain because chances are, you, if, unless you went wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, and then you're going to take Marlon Mack as your number one running back. But if he's my number two... I like it for the value. Yeah, I think I think Mac has um, a stable enough floor, but he has a nice ceiling. And I've spoken before that I think Indianapolis is going to struggle, obviously, without luck. That being said, though, I do think that Marlon – I think Marlon Mack is a very talented running back. And we saw that last year when he did play. He's a very talented running back. I think Naeem Hines has his own little niche in that offense. But I do think Marlon Mack – is a bell cow. I think he is a two and a half plus down back. I don't know if he's that gonna, he's going to be in third down role sometimes. I think a Hines takes over in some situations as well. He's the goal line back. I, I just, I still see him with a significant role and his ceiling is still top 13, top 14 running back. So if you're drafting him now as the running back 21 <laughs> at this point um, or t- running back 20, then yeah, I'm, I'm willing to eat that because at worst he's going to be a running back 25 or, you know, finish as a back end running back two, early running back three. And what did you lose? You didn't lose too much. You lose the guy, you lost a guy that you can start on certain weeks against certain matchups. So I don't hate it. I like him as a running back two, running back three. I think he has a nice ceiling. And when they give him the ball, he clearly performs. Mm-hmm. They when he was given the ball over 19 times, I know it's an odd number, but that's the last one, but over 19 times, ever it's his 
yards per carry is over five, some games six. And they win. And over 100, exactly, and they win those games. Now, no more Andrew Luck. I, like, I, I do like Mack where he is. I, I love it as well. Fourth all day long and twice on Tuesday because I have two drafts on, on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, good, good one. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote that one down. That was a lot. Of oh, did you really? I thought that was like on the spot kind of thing. <laughs> a lot of preparation and research. Oh, I, I was hoping. I was hoping you developed that on the spot. I guess we'll never know. But sticking in the division, the Houston Texans backed up the truck and drove away with one of the best left tackles in the game in Jeremy Tunzel and a throwaway player, perhaps, in Kenny Stills. With Kiki always hurt, I think he's doubtful for the first game. Do you guys think that Kenny Stills can finally live up to the post-Oklahoma Sooner hype with Deshaun Watson? I, I sure hope so. No, I, it was like every five minutes I was getting an update the other day about the Texans. Oh, they did this. They did that. This guy's hurt. It's li- like it's literally been every single day. Uh, Kenny Stills, so obviously the Carlos Hyde, that situation happened as well. But I like the Kenny Stills one a little bit more. Reason being, Will Fuller. Will Fuller and DeAndre could – arguably want, be, be one of the best wide receiver tandems in the NFL, Will Fuller cannot stay healthy. Kiki Kute, we've only seen a small, small sample size of him last year. So his, his role in the offense, we know that they want to use him, but like you just said, he may not even play the first week. Kenny Stills, he's brand new to the team. Give him a little bit of time to learn the playbook. Come week three or four, Stills could be very relevant in that offense. They don't have a tight end. They haven't had a tight end for years. So Kenny Stills, I like it. He's basically free. Sign me up if you're going to keep him on your bench. And then once he starts playing, especially with Deshaun Watson, he's actually going to play with a good quarterback instead of who? who Ryan Tannehill? Ryan, you, yeah, you, you don't consider Ryan Tannehill a good quarterback? Come on. Oh, yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I, I think people are jumping so high on this bandwagon of Duke Johnson or even Carlos Hyde at this point in Houston that, oh, it's, they're going to be the, the number one back, so they're going to have a huge role. And I mean, they I think are. Houston, I think Houston <laughs> – no, but the thing is, I think Houston's going to just pass the ball that much more. Um, I Sean think that throw. you can't rely on Will Fuller's health. You can't rely on Kute's health. I, Stills is a just throw it as far as you can and see if he can catch it kind of guy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking that Deshaun Watson's going to form some type of good connection with him uh, opposite – DeAndre Hopkins. Like so that. as a late round flyer, as a wide receiver five, I mean, yeah, I'm totally on board for that. He had all the upside in the world in Miami. And I think he fell short of that most weeks because of the offense he played in. I don't think it was so much because he's not a talented wide receiver. I do think he's a talented wide receiver. I just think that Miami couldn't utilize him the way they needed to. Another potential late round flyer, but we've seen his ADP rise since Nikhil Harry went to IR and he's been fully reinstated by the NFL. Josh Gordon Question of the day, gentlemen. Can he regain his former athletic glory and will it equate to fantasy success in 2019? I don't see why it can. The guy's a freak. He is very talented, but the guy just can't. He's just getting suspended every other day. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, New England doesn't take any crap. All right, we know that. Bill Belichick, you know, runs a very tight ship. But Josh Gordon, he's... He averaged five and a half targets last year when he was actually on, I'm not going to say healthy because he is healthy (laughs) when he wasn't suspended. Five and a half targets, no more Gronk. Uh, Gronk saw 72 targets last year. So spread that amongst Julian Edelman, who is now playing a full season. He's not suspended. Josh Gordon, there's there. Who else has played with Tom Brady? Philip Dorsett. Okay. Um, I like this Jacoby Myers kid, but we don't know his role yet. 
Um, no more Gronk. They don't really have a tight end. James White is obviously going to get his fill. Josh Gordon, I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still on the fence with him. I don't know if I want to invest. I've seen him go as early as the fourth round, but I've also seen him go as late as the 10th. So it's, it's really whether or not you actually want him. And then, oh, crap, come week four. Oh, he's suspended again. Yeah, I, <laughs> I am a complete avoidance when it comes to Josh Gordon. And I will be for the you know, rest of the fantasy football season, whether he's gets, you know, a trade offer dropped, whatever it is, I just don't want him. People don't realize that he is what's almost six years removed from his unbelievable season with the Cleveland Browns, where he put up like 19 yards per catch. Okay. Six years in NFL years. That's like 30. He's, it's not, he's not going to do that again. And people who think that he's going to return to that same form he was when he was what, 22 years, 23 years old. He's now almost, what is he? 30? he's not going to be an elite 19 yards per catch kind of wide receiver. And people are drafting him thinking he is going to be Randy Moss in that New England offense. And they are kidding themselves. Okay. He's a very talented player, but he is now getting older. He is five, six years removed from that elite season for the Cleveland Browns. And he hasn't played a full season. He's either been, he's been suspended nonstop for the past five years. Even that year, he had that ridiculous season. He, he missed play a full season. He missed what? Two or three of those <laughs> games? Two games. He missed yeah. two games. So, and I, I love his talent. I think Josh Gordon is a very talented wide receiver. His yards per catch are insane. It's, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. But the thing is, is Brady's not getting any younger, and Josh Gordon's not getting any younger. I, love, I loved watching him play because I thought he was an v- unbelievably talented wide receiver that first two, his first two years of the league. But he missed so much time during that suspension period that I, I just don't think he's as elite as everybody thinks he is. It's like, yeah, he did Anymore. that one season. Right. There's no proof in the pudding here. I'm sorry. And, the, and saying Tom Brady is his quarterback is not enough anymore. Because we've, Tom can't air it out. He's not. That, that New England offense isn't just isn't the same. They're more of a running and short pass and defense type of team now. And I just, I don't see him having a significant role worthy of a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick in your draft. Their offense has definitely changed a lot. And that was, that was a very solid breakdown by, by both of you. I'd like. Clearly I'd like their offense works. Yeah. Well, thank you. Clearly their offense works because they won it all again. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it must be doing something, absolutely. right? <laughs> I, I, shut up. We hate to admit it, but clearly they're doing something right. They, their, def- their offense did not show up, show up in the Super Bowl. So let's be real here. Their defense showed up. Neither did the Rams. The, I know. What I'm saying is that, that that New England offense wasn't the most important part of their, their Super Bowl run. It was the fact that their defense played unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Anyone on their team is really tough outside of Julian Edelman to, to peg as – a top guy in fantasy honestly yeah. we never know Sonny michelle might be early on it might transition to damian harris james white's gonna have his games edelman's gonna catch his passes i'm sure josh gordon's gonna have a couple big weeks but matt lacoste to your guys <laughs> point i mean who knows how much offense is really going to be involved in throwing the ball downfield so we'll we'll see here's another question can a team that struggles mightily and they may finish last in their division are there any athletes on the team where there's enough opportunity for them to be potential fantasy superstars. Obviously last year we saw Saquon Barkley have an incredible, incredible season. Christian McCaffrey was top three. Carolina was a 500 team. Here are some teams that we've discussed at length. Tell me if you guys are buying or selling. Kyle, this is your, uh, your favorite one here. Joe Mixon. He's currently going at the end of the first. So you're, you're obviously not buying that. right? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think anybody should buy him. Let me sum up. Let me sum up the Bengals in one one beautiful story. Is the fact that Christian Westerman retired. Okay, 
He retired, comes back to the team as a below-average offensive lineman, and they have no offensive line as it is, and they still cut him. <laughs> like, I, I, they are a – they put below average in, in words that I can't even describe. Like, they are such a below average team. There's something we have not seen in the past 20 years, though. No Marvin Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't know if that's even, like, the worst part of the Okay, yeah. AJ Green is, unfortunately, he's injured, and he's heading towards that elder statesman part of being a wide elite wide receiver in the NFL. Tyler Boyd is starting to emerge. Andy Dalton has proven nothing more than to be a serviceable quarterback. Joe Mixon is the best part of this team. Bye. However, however um, being a talented player is not enough. Being a great player is not enough. And it's going to show this season. He is going to be running behind, I don't know what to call them, uh, a bunch of fat guys, okay? That's literally all they are. Offensive line, yeah. A bunch of chunky, large men who have no idea. Yeah, yeah, like that's basically what he's going to be running behind. It's just a bunch of chunks. And he could be the most talented running back in the world, but they are going to be a below average team. Running backs should not, or most times are not, from good from bad teams good running backs do not emerge from bad teams there are enigmas every once in a while and saquon barkley is one of them but for the most part i am avoiding joe mixon wholeheartedly because there's no reason to take the star's focal point of a team that's going to win two games and is not going to block for him properly well said i don't think anything else needs to be said uh i just He's they're, going, they're, he, bad, they're a bad team. They're going he's to gone up to ADP wise. ADP, he has literally gone from like that mid second to like I've seen him drafted as like the one eleven. Do do people know something that we don't? Uh, he's talented. There's nothing. I mean, there's nothing to deny about the fact that he has a ton of talent. Four point yes. five yards per catch. I mean, yards per rush kind of guy. This week could be a huge wake up call. Not a wake up call, but like going to Seattle playing against that stout defense. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I, I am. I think he still finishes top 15 overall, but it's going to be very – he's going to struggle. He's going to – he's going to have to work very, very hard to get Blow-up weeks. He's going to have blow-up weeks. He's going to have weeks where he gets 10 carries for 11 yards, and he's going to have some weeks where he gets 15 carries for 175 yards. It's exactly. Nothing, nothing in between, I don't think. He's not going to be someone you can rely on each week because the Bengals are not someone you can rely on each week. In a points league, he's, he may not be terrible. Yeah. Interesting enough, the new head coach, Zach Taylor, was the Rams quarterback coach last year under Sean McVay. So he's familiar with Seattle and their defense, and he brought Jared Goff out of the dumpster fire that was a bust waiting to happen until last season. Joe Mixon was the number 10 running back in PPR last year with an uncreative, if that's even a word, offense behind Marvin Lewis as the head coach. So. I actually think they have a better season because they're going to just give him the ball because there's nobody else. So opportunity creates fantasy success. So do targets peppered. He's going to be peppered with targets all game, every game. Cause there's no one else. Literally no one else. They don't have anybody else. We've talked about this one, brother. I know you love David Johnson. We've seen his ADP fall. Are you still buying? I'm totally still buying. I know that you just asked the question, basically terrible teams. Can you still get fantasy? relevance arizona is one of those teams where you definitely can they may finish they may have a top five pick next year and hopefully they take an offensive lineman because they yeah that is desperately what they need but dj he's gonna get his fill larry fitzgerald is still going to be relevant the guy is doesn't miss games he catches everything christian kirk don't really know his role they just announced that he's the punt returner that's really exciting 
excited about that. But DJ falling to the end of the first, which is kind of ridiculous. He is going a little bit, I want to say he's, he's going fourth, fifth in most drafts, at least that I've been in lately. Reason being is because Zeke is not, we don't know his situation as of now. But the fact that DJ is actually falling, again, there's, is, is there something that we don't know? Is there, I still, it's, you, a month ago, still exactly, I have DJ exactly where he is in the same spot. He's one of my top running backs for the, come the end of the season. He's going to get opportunity. Kyler Murray is a lot more talented. He's a young dude. He can run. He can, he can air it out. What's going to happen in the regular season? I, I do not know. I'm very intrigued to see, but give me all shares of DJ. If he falls to me at the end of the first, I'm all in. I'm not. <laughs> I, I like DJ very much, but I've, I've done, I don't know, five plus drafts so far in the past week or so, or week, two weeks. And I have struggled to pull the trigger almost every time, uh, whether I have the third pick or whether I have the 12th pick, if he's there, I have struggled to pull that trigger because I just don't know. And I don't want to not know with my first round pick. I don't want to know that my first round pick should be a lock. Just I put it on the board. I know what he's going to finish as, and I don't know what DJ is going to finish as. Do I think he's going to be a top 12 running back? Yes. But am I willing to wager a seventh overall pick that he's going to be? No. I think there's too many question marks surrounding the Arizona offense. I think there's too many question marks surrounding Cliff Kingsbury and that offensive line, another just stinker. Uh, that offensive line is brutal. I don't think they're going to protect Kyler. I don't think they're going to be able to block for David Johnson as much as he needs it. So I, I'm struggling with that. I think if you do, I don't blame you. I think he could finish as a top five guy. He has the ability to. However, I personally can't pull the trigger, and I probably won't. I probably have all zero shares of David Johnson. So would you take like Dalvin Cook then? So someone who also has uncertainty with his health. That, I would uh, then a David. I see the more com- more comparison for me based on their ADP is I think Dalvin. I like Dalvin just as much as them, but based on ADP wise, I'd probably substitute Le'Veon Bell in there, and I'd rather have, I'd rather have Le'Veon Bell. Connor. So um, same. I'd rather have Connor over DJ. Yeah. All right. I just wish Zeke would freaking sign to clear up some people of are still people are still <laughs> taking zeke their people are still taking zeke at the 105 104 every every time they have both confidence in it it's it's astonishing but after someone who's got burned last year i levy on bill not playing nope. so i'm i won't I'm do doing it, it. <laughs> I'm doing it. sorry yep i had the chance to take him this morning in a draft and i took deandre instead the thing but is if you if you take zeke you have to take pollard you have to i mean 150 percent agree you have to and but you then may here's have to the reach for Pollard here's too. The thing, exactly. He's going right now. His ADP Pollard is in the seventh round, the end of the seventh round, which is insane. But you want me to, uh... if he plays, if he is the starter, if he is playing this week and the starter and Zeke is not there against the Giants, he's a top 15 running back for me. I know that sounds crazy, but Giants defense, sorry, brother, not that good. Pollard's going to get so many touches. They're going to see what this kid's made of. And you know what? They may be like, all right, Zeke. The- I disagree. I just, I, I, I'm going to say my, my boldest so take. Good. My boldest take of the episode. I think Pollard has zero value to me. Ezekiel Elliott is one of the top three best talent-wise running backs in the NFL. And Tony Pollard is a rookie. We have no idea what he's capable of. I think that if Zeke holds out, there's going to be no rushing attack. They are going to air it out. Dak is going to run for it. I don't see Pollard having a role in that offense. Well, I still have Alfred Morris. The fact, but uh-huh. the fact is, is that people are taking Tony Pollard in the seventh or eighth round is astonishing to me. James Conner, we knew he had talent. We knew he was going to at some point be that heir apparent, or I did at least, to Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> this Pollard situation, I, 
he's a rookie with no pedigree. We have no idea what he's capable of. You were, I could that, finish as a top 20 yeah, running back behind well, that. I, offensive line. Well, what, I'm, what I'm thinking is I don't think the Cowboys, I really don't think the Cowboys are going are gonna to trust that. I just, I don't see it. I think Dak's going to pass for 45 times a game. I think Pollard could get first team reps. More in the passing think, game. I could definitely. Yeah, but I don't see Pollard. Game. I don't see Pollard having all of a sudden, oh yeah, it's just, he's going to step in Ezekiel Elliott's shoes and he's going to have 25 rushing attempts for 130 yards and a touchdown. No, I, just, no, no, I personally not. don't see it. So people drafting him and saying, oh, I have to start him each week is just, it's baffling to me because to take him in the seventh round or eighth round, just to pair him with Zeke or to have him own, his own standalone value is banking on the fact that Elliott's not coming back till week eight, which is not going to happen. I mean, so other running backs, though, that are also going around this same area, just to briefly touch up on these, it's Darwin Thompson, Kenyon Drake, Matt Breda, Daryl Henderson, Rashad Penny, LaShawn McCoy. So Tony Pollard is probably near the top. Somewhere in that those place. With Zeke, this is all dependent on if Zeke comes back. Zeke plays, Pollard it's, agreed. He has zero value. Well, the Cowboys might have to pass all game though, to keep up with the, the Giants' offense. So. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh boy, there's another. I mean, team. there's selfish, another team. <laughs> selfishly, I do not want Zeke to play, obviously, because we have a better chance. But probably I mean, still not. Pollard's going to get the ball, of course, if, if Zeke doesn't play. Is he going to put up RB one numbers? Probably not. He'll have the opportunity to. Here is another athlete going about a round earlier on a team that may finish last in this division. Darius Geis. They announced that he's going to see a majority of the carries. Adrian Peterson hasn't even been drafted in the past few leagues I've been in, which is kind of mind-boggling. Is Darius Geis going to be going to be an RB two this year? I mean, if the guy is if he's healthy, we've seen he's we haven't seen anything actually. He, he had that one great run in preseason last year. He had eleven carries, forty-four yards in the one preseason game this year. LSU, he was absolutely insane. They said he was better than Fournette coming out of college. I don't I don't know. I honestly don't know, and they're. We're talking about terrible offensive lines. The Redskins do not have a good line. Casey Keenum is the starter. They don't have any receivers. Who Bad offensive line, bad, bad offense. Just a bad team. Bad team. Period. I have one share, two <laughs> shares of Darius Geis. I'm not going to lie. I do. I have one or two shares because when I took him, he was in the ninth round or eighth round, and I said, yeah, sure. I think he's got talent. It, at that late, his. totally. Yeah. But if he's going in the sixth round, I'm probably going to say no because – once again, I'll continue to shout my mantra. Bad offensive line, bad offense, no running back situation. End of the just six. No, just no. Tariq, <laughs> like, Tariq Cohen is a running back that's going two spots before him, and I would much rather have Tariq. I, I know Tariq Cohen's role in the offense. Exactly. I know that Chicago is going to have a 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six team. I do not know Washington if they're going to win a game or two. So, I think we could see Antonio Brown finishing as a top-10 wide receiver. The Raiders may be abysmal this season. Josh Jacobs – he has an opportunity as well. He's a good running back, not a lot of tread on the tires. Do the Miami Dolphins have anybody worth <laughs> worth even talking about? Oof. They are now the official dumpster fire of the NFL, I think. Out of all the other teams that we just discussed, they – oh, my God. The word is rebuild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, a nice, that's a nice way of saying it. The word is rebuild. <laughs> Oh, my God. I just feel so bad for Josh Rosen. Right yeah, now. out of anybody, it's Brian Flores and Josh Rosen – they did not sign up for this. But, but the thing is, they, they still have talent in the backfield. Kalen Balaj, very, very, very tiny sample size. Kenyon Drake still hasn't gotten his full opportunity yet. Got a second-year tight end in Mike Gusecki. Uh, Kenny Stills is no longer there. So, oh, my God, former first-rounder, Devonta Parker, 
this, this is it, man. I think this is your final audition. You are the number one receiver in Miami. Nobody else is there. Albert Wilson, show us what you got. I would take Devonta Parker and start him as my wide receiver four, just merely based on the opportunity because they are going to be passing the ball 75 times a game. We we need to we need to burn this episode after that just for the just for this Miami discussion. But it's crazy because there's some teams who literally do not like it's tough. It's very tough to even justify. Yeah, there are some losing teams that have fantasy value. Some losing teams like Arizona. Some sub, sub, I would say sub five. Let's say sub five win teams that do have fantasy value with some of their players, and Miami happens to be somehow one of them. Um, Devontae Parker. I can't believe I'm uttering these words. Devontae Parker is one of them. Kenyon Drake is one of them. Balage potentially is one of them, I think. <laughs> we'll see. We don't, we don't know. That's the thing. Because Kenyon Drake, he's been nursing <laughs> injury for the past couple weeks. It just hurts everything in me. To- Caleb, right? We're even <laughs> like, talking about this. This is great. But you got to find him. There, you, can't, you can't just pick players from winning teams. So there are players out there that will be owned by, win- like, by winning teams in the fantasy community. And <sighs> Miami might have one. Oh, All right. Boy. <laughs> next, can move on. I mean, nobody next, sounds next. very comfortable yeah, or next. confident in this. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, it's, it's definitely something to touch up on, though, because people are going to be like, "Oh, Devonta Parker, you know, I'm going to draft him, man. Like, he's going to get all the opportunity. Like, eh, he up. might get the opportunity, but, they, but they <laughs> might he might get 110 targets where he catches 40 percent. 40 exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So moving on to some late round tight ends to target. This tight end finished as the overall seventh at his position last year, currently being drafted as tight end 19 in the 14th round. Kyle, you've talked extensively about the Minnesota Vikings offense having a bunch of top five guys in it. Do you think Kyle Rudolph is one of them? You bet your butt he is uh, a number one tight end. Okay. Irv Smith is is a rookie tight end, which we all know rookie tight ends do not translate in their first two, three years in the NFL. He still has to work on a few parts of his game, for sure. Does he have the uh, ability to be a future talented tight end in that offense? Yes, I do. However, they recently signed Kyle Rudolph to an extension this past offseason, and I don't see a reason he doesn't finish as a top 12 uh, tight end at the position. He is being drafted just outside of it or just at the cusp of a tight end 12, a number 12. Um, but I, I don't understand the, the hate for him. He has that, tight, uh, that touchdown upside. He has that red zone threat to have seven, eight touchdowns uh, from Kirk Cousins. So why he's being forgotten about is beyond me. I think he does have a capped ceiling, but I think he also has a capped floor while other tight ends do not. My other two tight ends, I'll just throw them out there as bargain hunting tight ends to just that are completely being overlooked given the, uh, the role in their offense is Greg Olson with Carolina and Jimmy Graham with Green Bay. We're talking about some seasoned vets who have still have some tread left on their tires. Greg Olson until the second week. Well, we'll see. But I do think I do think both of them have roles in their in their offenses coming up. And if Jimmy Graham, I like more. If both of them stay healthy, I think they are worth the flyer. I think they're better flyers than Tyler Eifert, for example. So if you're completely waiting on a tight end, I really like this. I like Darren Waller, dude from Oakland. That's a high ceiling. It's we we don't know anything about this. He played in Baltimore. He was dealing with some stuff. You know, he's had some personal issues going on, but. He's sober now for two years. He's trying to get his life around. He seems like he's doing all the right things. And Derek Carr, we talked about this. Everybody just, you know, listen in. Derek Carr threw for over 4,000 yards last year. Let that sink in for a second. That's absolutely ridiculous. Who did he throw to? Jared Cook. I'm not saying he's Jared Cook, but this is, he's still a young, he's still a young kid. 
So Darren Waller is someone that you could – you may not even have to – you don't even have to draft him. He's, he's basically free. Exactly. I think with the addition of A.B. and Tyrell Williams and the fact that they'll have a decent running game could create some opportunities. Hey, A.B., he's double covered. Or Tyrell Williams, you know, I, I was looking to throw to him down the field. Darren Waller right across the middle. So I think Darren Waller is someone that well out of the top 15 could definitely finish in the top 15 come the end of the season. And some other intrigue, I think Austin Hooper finished as the tight end sixth last year, currently being drafted as the 10th in the ninth-ish round. And Mark Andrews currently being drafted in the 12th, which if Lamar is going to throw to anybody, I see him throwing to the tight end. There's a lot of good reports coming out of camp that they're building chemistry. And I mean, they're going to run the ball every play. And is he going to be able to throw it downfield? Is, is Marquise Brown even healthy? Who knows? But here's a post-draft trade that I want to bring up to you guys. Get your, get your feedback. Shout out to my jingle brother, Ripple Scopple, surfing the lake with his daughter. Might have been one of the coolest videos I've ever seen in my entire life. Here's the trade. Player one has Travis Kelsey and Devin Singletary. Player two offered Evan Ingram and Kyle's favorite, Joe Mixon. Do you guys think this is a fair trade? Um, I think you take Kelsey every time. So, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's Kelsey every time. No matter every who time. he's paired up with. Yeah. I think Kelsey has more value than both of them do. So you're I, looking at the number one tight end and then Singletary, who may well be the number one running back on a very run heavy offense. Yeah. Where Evan Ingram could also finish as a top five tight end and Joe Mixon on the crappy Cincinnati Bengals. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's semi fair if you need it. But if like if, but you if I have Kelsey, start, there's no way I'm giving. Yeah, like if you up. needed a running back one right this minute, and you're giving up Singletary for for Joe Mixon, then I'd say yeah, sure. But in the long run, you're then losing Travis Kelsey for Evan Ingram, which I think is a bigger point disparity. Huge. Yeah, Travis Kelsey is going to finish 100 and what plus point 125 points more than Evan Ingram. Well, Evan Ingram things. could have a very good year. There's yeah, I'm not debating that. I'm just debating the point totals but, in, as a whole. I, I think totally Travis Kelsey is worth Travis Kelsey is worth them so i don't i don't do it there you had it friend yeah. you can find us at the fantasyfam.com or on twitter at the fantasy fam we're on most podcast platforms including itunes and iHeartRadio. this is the fantasy fam signing off